Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. What's the greatest gift you can leave your children or your family or your neighborhood? Is it money? Is it lands? Is it homes? Is it businesses? All of these are good and I think we should. I think we should leave people money, lands, houses. But if you can't, what is the greatest gift that you can leave somebody it's prayer. I want to tell you something. I want to share with you today about leaving a prayer legacy. Leaving a prayer legacy. You got to grab a hold of this because I'm going to share the word with you, but I'm going to give you some experiences that's just going to open it all up to you. Legacy is defined as this. Leaving something or doing something today or someone or others that will affect them long after I'm gone. How many of you would want that? Where you're affecting the lives of people even when you're in heaven. Our giving does that, but our prayer does that also. Prayer molds and shapes our life. Listen to this. Prayer affects our past, our present, and our future. We get all hung up on, you know, how to pray, quoting a bunch of scriptures. But you know, one of the easiest prayers you can say is just help. Your father knows you need help. And when you cry out for help, he's there. You know, we figure we have to know a whole bunch of stuff to get God to answer our prayer. Some of the simplest prayers you can pray is just, God, help me. I need some help. Prayer deals with our past. Archaeologists dig into the earth and unearth history. They, when they start digging, they, they pull up stuff from the earth that's, and they, they find things that have been buried there for years and sometimes centuries, they unearthed it. And so they can tell what happened in that uh, season of time that will affect the, our future. They can really tell the future, how something is going to come out in the future by looking at the past. The same way is with us when we get born again. But we all come to God with our spirit gets born again, but there's some things in our souls that we're wounded with, that we're hurt with, that the, the great archaeologist, the Holy Spirit, comes into our lives through our prayer life and unearths some things, brings things to surface so that he can deal with it to change our future. Watch this. Second Chronicles Chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. His mother called him Jabez because I bore him with sorrow. 
How many of you like to have a name like that? Every time you heard the name, hey, Jabez, sorrowful, painful. <laughs> Remember who you, what happened back then? Every time he heard his name, that's what happened to him. When he heard his name, he heard sorrowful. It always brought up the past of what his mama went through. Has anybody gone through some hurt from your past or just me? Well, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit works through our prayer life. Watch what he did with Jabez. He works through our prayer life to unearth some things, to bring it up so that he can deal with it so your past is not your future. Notice what he did. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me, enlarge my coast. Your hand might be upon me, and you would keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And watch this. And God answered that prayer. So God, God set something in precedent that from the scripture we can look at and look at what, how God dealt with him, and God will deal with us in the same way. Do you have anything in your life from your past that's hurting you and wounding you? The Holy Spirit wants to bring that up. Why? And bring healing. Jabez wasn't, he didn't want to live like he was living every time he heard his name. So now after God answered his prayer, when they called Jabez, hey Jabez, I'm blessed. Why? Through prayer, God changed my future. I'm no longer sorrowful. I'm no longer painful. I'm blessed. Can you say that with me? I'm blessed. That's what God wants to do in all of our lives. I remember, watch this. I remember through my prayer times, I've been praying for 40 years, serving the Lord for 40 years. Every time God healed me of something is when I'm in prayer he surfaces things up. It's in his light, we see light. God allows us to see something, our past, our present, and our future. One morning, I was, I was, when I was praying and worshiping, now watch this. He said, you want to know why you struggle with lust? I said, I would like to know that. You mean pastors struggle with lust? Do you struggle with lust? Everybody got an issue. Everybody's got something. Back then, I struggled with lust, fear, and anger, and rejection. Those four things. And so, in my prayer time, he said, you want to know why you did? Yes, I want to know why. Watch, the great archaeologist was coming into my soul, things that were buried there that I didn't want to deal with. He comes in and he surfaces it. He said, it's because of your grandfather. He rejected you when you were a young boy and in a, in a vision, he brought me back. So watch, that's that archaeologist coming to heal my soul. See, your soul's got to prosper. You got born again here but until this prospers, guess what? It doesn't happen out here. 
So God in his mercy and his grace sent his personal representative to live on the inside of you. His name is the Holy Ghost. He lives on the inside of you. And he's coming to surface everything in your life that's keeping you where you are so that you can be all that God's called you to be. And he says, watch this. Forgive him. I said, well, he's dead. He said, the forgiveness is not for him. The forgiveness is for you. When I did, I released him. I started applying the truth of God's word of what Jesus did for me. And with a month, my soul was totally healed, totally prospered, and I could go on to a new future in God. Through your prayer time, God will deal with your past. But also through your prayer time, God will deal with your present. Psalms 46, one says this. God is our refuge, our strength, and a very present help in the time of trouble. God's a right now God. When Peter came out of the boat and he began to fall, most people said, well, look at that. You fell. You didn't have enough faith. How many of you would have gotten out of a boat in the middle of a storm? Let me bring you in the middle of the gulf and let a storm blow and say, okay, now show us your faith. Get out and walk. Peter got out the boat and began to, to walk on the water. But when all of a sudden, when he looked, he took his eyes off of Jesus and saw the wind, saw the waves. He began to sink, and this is what he said. Help! Help! Jesus was right there to help him where he was. I want to tell you something. You're not left alone to yourself when you're going through stuff in your life. I believe Jesus is doing this when I'm saying this word. I sense it in my spirit. He came to blind Bartimaeus and he said this. What would you have me do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Now, this is what blind Bartimaeus didn't say. He said, well, you know, the book of Malachi says, I'm blessed if I tithe it. He didn't start quoting scriptures. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Come on, look, that's that book right here. We're going to act on the word. What do you want Jesus to do for you now? Come on. Right now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. You got to hear his voice through my voice speaking to you. It's not so much as what I say. It's what he's telling you I'm saying to you. I'm preaching to a whole lot of people, but the Holy Spirit is making it personal to you. Watch this. Psalms, Psalms 56 verse 9. The very moment I called to you for our Father's help, the tide of the battle turns and the enemy flees. This one thing I know, God is on my side. Say this with me. This one thing I know, God is on my side. I'm on God's side. 
God's on my side. God is for me, not against me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Come on. He didn't spare his only son for you. You got to take that personal. For you. Have you ever watched the Saints play football and they were losing? <laughs> How many of you know the paperback days? <laughs> okay. All right. They were losing. All of a sudden, they can be down one touchdown or two touchdowns and somebody intercept the pass. Somebody recovers a fumble. All of a sudden, the tide changed. When they were losing and it looked like they couldn't get out of where they were, somebody made a play and it changed the whole momentum of the game they were in. He's saying here, the minute you pray, the momentum changes. The minute you pray, the tide of what you're facing changes. Right there. What we need to do is stand. After we pray, make a stand. Stand in faith, expecting to see God move and answer that prayer. But so many times, the abortionist comes. The spiritual abortionist comes to you and I. He's called the devil. And he talks us out of receiving the answer to that prayer. God doesn't like you. God's not for you. God's not going to answer your prayer. You don't have what Pastor Don has. You're not doing this enough. You're not praying enough. You didn't tithe. You didn't do none of this. And all of that is a lie. Watch. This one thing I know, God is for me. How many of you know, sometimes our children don't always please us. But if they call out for us, we're coming. How much more God? Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Prayer deals with our future. That was just my introduction, okay? We're going to get to the real, real deal here. Prayer deals with our future. Look at Psalms 2.8 in the Passion. Ask me to give you the nations. Watch. I will do it. And they shall become your legacy. Your domain shall stretch to the ends of the earth. Your legacy. He said, ask me, and I will give you the nations for your legacy. When's the last time you asked God, give me my neighbors? Give me my grandchildren. Watch this. I want to broaden your vision a little bit. Give me the toughest nut to crack. Give me those that are running wild, that are going, going crazy. That's the, one I'm, that's the one I'm going after right there. Why? What a great miracle when they get born again. Come on. We kind of shy away. Watch this. We kind of shy away like we got a weak, impotent God. That he's, he lost his power somewhere along the line because he's just got older. 
And that's so far from the truth. Why? You need to pray for the toughest people that don't want to have anything to do with God. Then God gets all the glory when he reveals himself to them. Look what they did to Saul of Tarsus that was killing and persecuting the church in the book of Acts. The church there prayed for Saul. And Jesus knocked him off of his horse. I believe 2021 is going to be a year of knocking people off their horse. I really believe that. This is your legacy. He said it's your legacy. And when you get to heaven, guess what? Those same people you pray for, they might not even know you. They're going to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When you start praying, God releases circumstances in the lives of people to start working that prayer, to answer that prayer on your behalf. Years ago, I would say about seven years, eight, seven years, seven and a half years ago, I was awakened at 1.45 in the morning. Um, the Lord woke me up to pray. I didn't know who I was praying for or what I was praying for. 1.45 in the morning, wide awake, totally alert. I need you to pray. How many of you know God looks for people to pray? So I got up out of bed and I prayed. I walked 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 and I prayed till 3 o'clock in the morning. And at the end of 3 o'clock in the morning, this word came to me. And God remembered Abraham in Genesis chapter 19. God remembered Abraham. Then I'm walking back to my bedroom and I'm thinking, all of that, get me up at 1.45 in the morning, pray till three o'clock, just for that one more, God remember. That's what I thought. Then I said, no, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. I don't know what I'm, I'm doing right now. I was expecting a, a greater revelation at 1.45 in the morning. Watch this. I didn't know what was coming into my future. So the next day, I had to fix a pipe in my restaurant. And listen, I'm not a plumber. I don't know. I can fix it, but it's not going to look too good. So I was on my way to pick up stuff at, at Lowe's, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, you know, son, why don't you call this guy up? And he showed me his face. And I said, yeah, I know him. He's a plumber. You don't know what you're doing. I said, you're right. You're right about that. So I called him up. I said, meet you at, at the restaurant at 5 o'clock. So we, we got there at 5 o'clock. He was there. When I looked at him, he was depressed. Totally depressed. I said, dear God, I'm looking at him. Lord, now watch. I think I just want my pipe fixed. God is thinking, I want to touch this man. Think about that. My light, okay. Fix the pipe, man. He's looking depressed. So he comes in, he starts working on the pipe and all this stuff. So I'm, I figure, well, it's five o'clock. Six o'clock, we'd be finished, you know. At six o'clock, he tells me, he rises up and says, you know something, my grandma, I don't know why he's talking to me about church, religion, his grandma. <laughs> I have no idea. He says, my grandma brought us to Sunday school every Sunday. 
She prayed for us every day. Me and my brother, we're Baptists. I said, well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you for the Baptist, you know. Fix the pipe. That's all I wanted. Just fix the pipe. So at 6 o'clock, so at 7, 7.30, he's still not finished on the pipe. I'm lying down on the table in the kitchen looking at the ceiling. I'm so unspiritual. I felt so, no anointing, no nothing. He said, you know something? My grandma brought me and my brother to church Sunday school every Sunday. And she prayed with us every day. And we're Baptists. And I'm not lying. This is the truth. I said, well, praise the Lord for the Baptists, the First Baptists, the United Baptists, uh, all the, I said, thank you, fix the pipe. Fix, that's all I want. I just want my pipe fixed. That's it. I want to go home and eat supper. I'm irritated. I'm hungry. I mean, if you know when Christians get hungry, we get a little irritated. Okay, just me. I get irritated. So come down to 830 Nine o'clock. I'm like, I am fuming. I'm saying, he said, he got up from there. He said, you know something? I said, yeah, I know it. I know it. Your grandma brought you and your brother to Sunday school. She prayed with y'all every day, and y'all are Baptists. Fix the pipe. I want the pipe fixed. It's almost nine o'clock. I want to go home. So then my lightning fast... That's mine. Got a hold of something. So I'm lying down there. I say, well, you, you, you know Jesus, right? He said, no. So I said, well, wait, wait a while. I said, let me, he, maybe he didn't hear me. I said, you know the Lord, right? He said, no. So I sat up on the thing. I said, they look at me, he looked at that. I said, you must know Jesus because your grandma Brought you to Sunday school every Sunday. And she prayed with you every day. You must know Jesus. He says, no. So I said, well, glory to God. Let's get you born again so you can fix my pipe. So I can get up. So I can get you up. I can go home. I said, come on over here. And listen, I didn't do it nicely. I said, get over here. Get over here. Get over here. I didn't do it nicely. I wasn't polite or gentle. I said, get over here. Lift your hands up. I mean, you know, we try to put too much pressure on us to get people born again, and it's all God. I said, Jesus died for you, went to hell for you, rose for you, Joseph. You believe that? Yes, I do. Repeat this prayer. Pray it. All of a sudden, when we prayed that prayer, the glory of God came into place. The power, now listen, I'm not touching him. The power of God hit him. He fell on the ice maker crying, weeping uncontrollably under the power of God. All of a sudden he gets up, he's 6'4", I'm 5'8". Well, I used to be 5'8", I'm 5'7", right now. So there was a drive through window. He's hugging me, crying. And I'm looking outside the window to see if somebody's looking at us. 
I probably, I'm not thinking. I said, he said, look at this old guy and this young guy getting after it right there in the restaurant. So I said, let's move a little bit over here. So watch this. So I left him alone crying. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord, the glory of God comes on me. He said, I remember that, that grandma's prayers. She's in heaven today, but I'm answering her prayers while she's here. Randy, prayers never die. They're always caught up before me. And I make all things beautiful in my time. Circumstances were working. When he said, my grandma brought us to Sunday school, I was working. She prayed every day, I was working. And just so happens this day, I had to get a hold of you. Call him. Come meet you. Spend time. And all of a sudden, God answered that prayer. And you think your prayers don't get answered. You think God's not hearing you and answering. He is hearing. He is answering. How many of you believe? Now, don't you lie right here, okay? How many of you believe God hears you when you cuss? Come on, lift your hands. Let me see it. Okay, okay, lift up your hands. Come on, lift them up again. Everybody look around. Okay, put them down. You believe God hears you when you cuss, but you don't believe God hears you when you pray. We gotta change our mentality. We're sons, we're righteous, not because of what we do. It's because of what Jesus did. Come on, come on. God, God moves circumstances around to answer that one prayer for that grandma. She wasn't on planet Earth, but from heaven, she saw it. I believe there's more prayers being answered today. And that's from the first, oh, I might might go a little over, but a couple of minutes. So the Lord wants me to share this other experience with you that I've had. When I was in pastoral care in the church, I was working out of Broussard, I was taking care of Broussard campus and the Lafayette campus. My secretary calls me up. There's a man from New Iberia, the family calls, wants you to go pray for him. Told me the name, told me where they were living at, and said, go, he has cancer, he's dying. And um, they said, the family's there, hospice is there, and his name is George. I said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave my home. I'm going to go tend to that. Then I'm going to go and do some counseling in Broussard. So I told him I'll take care of it. So I went. I called up a friend of mine and said, do you know where this person lives at? He said, I know exactly where they live. I said, let's go. So we got over there, got to the house. They opened the door. I said, we're here. I'm here to pray for George. I said, y'all call the church. My name is Pastor Randy. I'm here to pray for y'all. So she's looking at me kind of funny. They said, well, come on in. So I got there, 
people were there. Hospice was there. The man was there. So I went to pray for George, pray for him. Got him to know Jesus. Got, got everything going. And the family, everybody's looking at me kind of. So I said, listen, if y'all need again, call me. Okay, y'all can call the church again. And so I left. Went back, did my counseling. Went back home. The next day, my secretary called me back. The family's mad at you. I said, for what? They said, you didn't go pray for him. Oh, wait a while. I did go pray for him. I said, is this where he lives at? Yep. Is this, I mean, that is, is his name George? Yeah. Hospice was there? Yes. Family there? Yes. I did pray. The family said you didn't go. I said, I did go. I went to pray for George. They said, no, you didn't go. I said, I tell you what, give me that phone number. I called him up. I, they said, Pastor Randy, you didn't go unless we, we didn't see you. I said, his name is George. Yeah, his name is George. This is where he lives at on this road. Yes, that's where he lives at. I said, I went yesterday. They said, well, we didn't see you. I said, I'll tell you what. Meet me at EJ's Super Red or whatever. Meet me there. So they drove up. I'm a, how you doing? Good to see you. I said, y'all lead the way and I'll follow y'all. So I'm following. So I'm looking for them to turn right at the house I stopped at the day before. And they kept going straight. I said, oh my God. <laughs> they went down a mile down the road and got, did you come here yesterday? I said, no, I didn't come here yesterday. I said, what's his name? His name is George. I said, oh my God. Y'all called the church? Yes. The other family, I said, what's his name? His name was George too. And they didn't call the church, but I walked in there like I knew everything. I took control, got him born again. See y'all, if y'all need anything, y'all call. Two people got prayed for with the name George. Watch this. God moving circumstances around to get answers to prayer because those people were praying for their families and God used somebody to go somewhere to witness for him. What is the odds of two people named George living a mile from each other? both going through the same thing, both experiencing the same thing, and both in heaven today. Only God. Legacy. Legacy is what you're doing today that's going into the future, that God's working these things out all the time for his glory and for his honor. You got five more minutes? Turn with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Jesus is praying. Neither I pray for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word. Notice this. Jesus' prayer, he's praying he said, listen, I'm not only praying for my, my apostles, my disciples, 
But I'm praying for those that are going to believe on you through their word. So Jesus is praying a legacy. We have to open up our eyes and our understanding a little bit how far-reaching prayer goes. Prayer is unlimited because we're dealing with a God that is limitlessness. He's limitless. He knows no bounds. We operate in time. He operates in eternity. But our faith accesses eternity where there is no time. Faith accesses past, present, and future. Prayer accesses past, present, and future. So Jesus is praying for future, for people that will believe on the word. You're here today because that prayer is being answered today. Watch this. There was a man that was born in August 6, 1928. Jesus called him in the ministry at 12 years old while he sat down on the second pew in the church while his parents sat down on the third pew. How many of you know that's good? Always keeping your children in front of you in church. He went to the Assemblies of God University in Texas. He started pastoring when he was attending college. He pastored seven churches in his life. His last church he pastored for 19 years until his retirement in 1989. When he got his last assignment from God, he began to fast and pray for 30 days. During the fast in 1971, the heavens were opened up. Scores of people began to give their lives to Jesus. Hundreds of people gave their life to Jesus. And they got, they got born again. In that time, my mama heard the word from somebody coming to church where this pastor was pastoring. She heard the word. She began praying for me. All because Jesus prayed that prayer. That they would believe on your words. Perpetual legacy. That man is Pop Neal. Because Jesus prayed that prayer, people prayed that prayer, God starts working circumstances in all of that. I can tell you circumstance after circumstance after circumstance that God has allowed me to flow in to open up the word of God and to touch the lives of people. We're all products. Look right here. Every one of us are products of somebody praying for us. You didn't come here today by accident. You're not an accident. It was circumstances. A thought came to you. It was a thought. Cornelius didn't even know God. He was a giver and he prayed to God all the time. An angel was sent to Cornelius and said, Cornelius, your alms and your prayers have come up as a memorial before God. 
God's looking at your heart. So God set up Peter, who was fasting and praying, just like what we've been doing all week, fasting and praying. He had a vision of a sheet coming down from heaven and God telling him, kill it, eat. Peter said, no, I haven't tasted, eaten anything that's unclean. What God was doing was setting him up for revelation and setting circumstances up so that he could touch not just a man, Cornelius and his family, but the whole Gentile nation through one man. Could it be that through your prayers, somebody praying for you, could it be that when you pray for somebody, you don't know the effects of this one person will have on your life, the lives of your community, and yes, even the world. There was a a disciple named Ananias. He was in prayer and Jesus said, Ananias, I want you to go to, to Saul. He's praying, look at him, gave him a vision. I want you to go pray for him. He said, Lord, he's killing all of you people. He said, no, he's a chosen vessel. Go pray for him. Go minister to him. I'm going to show him how many things he must suffer because of my name. Ananias didn't know Saul was going to write two-thirds of the Bible. Ananias didn't know that he was going to go, he was going to, his, his ministry was going to go worldwide. He went and you never hear of Ananias anymore. Never heard from him. He came on the scene, prayed, obeyed, and left. What is success in the kingdom of God? It's, we look at success in the kingdom with a worldly dictionary. But success in the kingdom is obedience to what God told you to do. That one act of obedience is producing fruit upon fruit upon fruit upon fruit and it's still perpetuating because of one man for praying and left a legacy touch one person you don't know who you're praying for on your job you don't know how God's going to use the people you come into contact with when's the last time you prayed for people on your work Quit looking at your job as a way to make a living and start looking at it as a mission field. And as Pastor Don comes, or come on, Pastor Don. You're not here by accident. You're on a divine appointment with God. God brought you here today. You're not an accident. And God loves you. God is on your side. He proved it to us by sending His Son. So I want to tell you, I want to encourage you today. Leave the greatest legacy you can leave. Your children is the legacy of prayer. You can mold and shape their lives, their relationships, 
their whole life here on earth through your one time you're praying. Amen. Let's give Jesus the glory. I don't know about you, but if I had the opportunity to ask somebody who has known the Lord for 40 years and has prayed all that time to pray for some loved ones that I've been praying for, would you take up that opportunity to do that? Pastor Frank, would you just pray for our loved ones that we've been, we've been praying for and believing God yeah. for? Raise your hands. Come on, let's raise our hands together. Now, when, I, when we start praying, when I say family, I want you to whisper their names. When we say friends, I want you to whisper their name. Co-workers, I want you to whisper their name. Father, we come to you. We thank you. You said ask and you will give. The nations for our inheritance, they will be our legacy. Father, we pray for spouses today that are not saved. Whisper their names. We lift up children and grandchildren that don't know you. Lift up their names. He's listening. We lift up co-workers, God, and friends. Whisper their names. Lord, we lift up our neighborhoods, the people that we live close by, our neighbors. We desire them. We're asking that you give to us our neighborhoods. Give to us our cities. Give to us Acadiana. Give to us this region. Give to us the state. Give to us the nation. And give to us the nations of the world in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Father, that you might be glorified through the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.